Hi, friend. My name is Amy Joy, and this is the Make Prayer Beautiful podcast. I have started working on a book about Esther, and I am enjoying the process so much. I really wasn't expecting to like it. It's one of those things in my pride. Oh, this is embarrassing to admit, but I kind of thought, do I actually need to learn anything else about Esther? I've listened to Adventures in Odyssey. I've heard sermons. I've read books. I'm pretty sure I have it down. And so then it was (laughs) very humbling to come to the work with new eyes and my process, I'm super happy to just tell you what it's like. I will look at the King James and I will also look at the NIV. So I have the kind of traditional, not super easy to understand, and then a much more contemporary, more common language version. And just so that I have the basic plot. Then I pull up blueletterbible.org in order to determine the maybe meanings of specific words. And often there will be even a word in each verse. Not always, but I will look up the meanings of specific words. And then what's really fun is since the last book I wrote in verse, I have studied a little bit of Hebrew and I learned about an interlinear Hebrew-English Bible. And so I can go and look up each verse there and see what it says in the Hebrew as well as what it says in English. Usually the English is, uh, I mean, it's very difficult to understand because Hebrew and English don't have the same sentence structure or anything, but oftentimes there'll be a single word that I want more clarity around. And so it's helpful to see what would be a more direct uh, translation from the Hebrew. And then I sometimes want to do a specific search for um, a word that maybe I have heard or have some vague memory in the past of somebody telling me something lovely. Uh, For example, today the word was hesed, or maybe I didn't say that quite right. I think it's hesed, something like that. But it's often translated loving kindness or mercy or maybe favor. And I remember a friend years ago telling me about how she had just learned about this word and how it was so awesome. And and that's all I remember. It's like, this word is really awesome, but I'm not really getting why it's awesome from the lexicon. And so then I went and looked up blog posts about what is the meaning of this word. And let's see, are there any other things I look up online? I mean, I watched the Bible Project video about Esther and Generally, just try to get a sense. I look at my complete bi- or companion Bible and go through all of the notes verse by verse. And so it, it's not laborious, but it is um, a little slow <laughs> because I really want to see what is in this, this text. And one of the things, <laughs> so I actually shared this with my sister after I had been working for about a day. And I think she did not hear another word of our conversation for the next five minutes because she had such strong goosebumps and was so excited. So I'm going to share it with you too, just so you can get a little foretaste of why the book of Esther, which will come out at some point, is really awesome. And the book that is in the Bible is also so incredibly beautiful. So one of the things that you hear sometimes is that there's two books in the Bible that never use the word God or in the name of God. One of them is Song of Songs. And since it's a book about ostensibly a human love story, 
then that kind of makes sense. But the entire book is also allegorically about maybe Christ and the church or about God and man. Um, There's many different possible interpretations around this. And because it's poetry, they're probably all true because that's the beauty of poetry. Well, so that leaves really just the book of Esther. And so why is the name of God not mentioned in the book of Esther? And what absolutely short-circuited my brain when I read this. (laughs) Oh man, this is so good. So actually the name of God shows up five times in the book of Esther and, but it's never explicitly spelled out. It's always in acronym form. And what I love about studying things like this is that there have been Jewish scholars who have poured over the Old Testament for millennia at this point. And so they have found every possible point of interest. I remember listening to Rabbi Lappin some time ago, and he said that Psalm 92 is a psalm of creation. Psalm 92 happens to be one of my very, very favorites. So he said it has, it's Psalm 92, it's a psalm of creation. And when you look at the story in the book of Genesis, the creation story, there is 92 distinct words from, and it's not just in Genesis 1, um, the original creation story. I think it goes through two, chapter 2, verse 3, the way the Hebrew Bible divides it. But if that's not exactly right, it's somewhere in that early two, chapter 2. So there's 92 distinct words because some words, of course, are used multiple times and we're talking in the Hebrew, not in the English. But he said, so the creation story has 92 building blocks, these 92 distinct words. And we wouldn't have known until this last century that there are 92 naturally occurring elements on the earth. And so the Lord created the world using, or at least the description in the scriptures has 92 words, 92 elements, Psalm 92 as the Psalm of creation. So these are the sorts of things that make me just like over the top happy. (laughs) I think I read recently that they discovered a 93rd element because it was from uh, like star meteorites hitting the earth. And so that's the 93rd now naturally occurring element. I wasn't entirely sure what to do with that. And I didn't have the heart to email Rabbi Lappin to tell him, I don't know what I would have told him, but anyway, I suppose the original, like the earth, the Lord did make the earth in 92 naturally occurring. And then he gets to send us bonus material maybe with the meteorites. In any case, that's not actually the point that I'm trying to tell. The point is about the book of Esther and how God's name doesn't show up. Well, what's astonishing is that you have these five instances of acronyms and you might be tempted to think, oh, an acronym of the Lord's name. That probably happens all the time. Well, that is not true. There's one other place where an acronym shows up with the name of the Lord. And in the Hebrew, it's Psalm 9611, which says, let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad, which I just think is incredibly beautiful that that's an acronym of uh, the name of the Lord. Hmm, Thank you, Jesus. It's so beautiful. Let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. But in Esther, it shows up five other times. And so what the, the notes said was Moses, when he was giving his final address in Deuteronomy as an old man, 120, looking ahead to these stiff-necked people, knowing that they were going to fall and be taken into captivity, he says in Deuteronomy 16 that 
the Lord, like when you're taken into captivity, the Lord is going to hide his face from you. And so I think about that because what he didn't say is the Lord is turning his back on you. He doesn't say the Lord has no more interest in you. What he says is the Lord hides his face. And so when you read the story of Esther, it's like coincidence after coincidence. And yet here is the name of the Lord five times in the 11 chapters. And the whole way through, you can see that the hand of the Lord is at work. And yet his face was hidden, but he was still there. So Jesus, I thank you that you put these treasures in your word. That they're so beautiful, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Mm, thank you, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen.